All right, welcome back, everybody. Hey, I'm here with the amazing Joe Whitcomb, who is teaching us some amazing things. Joe, how are you, buddy? Doing great. Good to see you, Good to as see always. You. Yeah, likewise, man, likewise. Um, so, Joe, guess what I came across the other day? What did you come across, Harry? Your book. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the one. <laughs> I'm the one. <laughs> I was wondering who was the one. Thank you. I yep. thank you personally. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It is my pleasure, man. It's, it's a great read. And uh, there are a couple of things in there that I, I wanted to ask you about. Um, you know, one of the things that you talked about was the learn and practice, the seven master skills of relationships. And I thought that was such a great subject and um, was hoping that you could kind of expand on that. Well, I think one of the things that's really super critical and important for any relationship, and this is and one of the biases I have, and I talk about these biases all the time, is that for relationships to really thrive over the long haul and for, for couples to go through the, the, the forming, storming, norming, and performing stage, they have to have a, uh, a set of shared contacts and shared tools and language and resources, right? So they gotta have those two things, shared context, language, and really shared tools and resources, right? For that to happen. And I believe that true love is a path and a practice of really two powerful people. They're co-creating and they're putting one another before themselves, they're empowering one another, and they're working uh, together towards meeting one another's needs and adjusting as needed uh, as they're moving towards creating that shared context that these their values and language and goals of a relationship so love can be really full of purpose and meaning so i always talk about relationship is really the vehicle it's a path of practice to really having uh epic love and and you know harry if you've ever had heartbreak <laughs> how painful it can be uh, right. but you also know when it's going well and when all the cylinders and everything's everything's revving up and uh, all those things, the stars are aligned, how magical a relationship can be, right? Sure. So, but it does take, it takes privilege and play. Uh, it does take work, but I like using the, the, the term privilege and play because I think when we bring the play to relationship along with these, this context and these tools, it can really be, uh, really can catapult your relationship into something really meaningful, so. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So let's go down the, the thing. Skill one, heartfelt understanding, compassion, and courage to love unconditionally. <laughs> right. I mean, that's really, uh, when we talk about having that heartfelt understanding, I, and I, I know when we get into conflict, one of the things that's really super critical and really important is, you know, Harry, it's not that we want to be right, right? It's, I mean, maybe you do, but... <laughs> It's not about the who's right or who's wrong. It's it's when you have a couple that because what you really want in relationship is that your reality and your experience is validated and understood, right? Yeah. And that's what we call empathy, compassion. And then whenever one partner perceives that other things are more important than they are, let's say to a relationship, the relationship cannot get to the ultimate depth of love and deep connection. It just can't get there. So understand and understanding and empathizing with your partner's emotional patterns and being able to commit to really being there for, for them. So, um, so the question is, do they have, do you have their back no matter what? 
In one of our episodes, we're going to be talking about creating a safe environment, a secure base, or this couple bubble uh, to what that's going to be. But having a heartfelt understanding and empathy is true compassion. Yeah. And as a loving action and a living practice, you know, yeah. and I think without this first master skill is really the foundation uh, of your relationship. The relationship's going to fail because it takes the, this core master skill uh, to master all the other, let's say, remaining skills and disciplines that we're going to talk about this week and next week. And then we're also going to get into talking about how we can bring that and manifest that into our relationship, into our love life, right? And we'll talk yeah. about uh, 10 principles or 10 pillars uh, the week after. So we're getting some really good stuff here. Yeah, great, great, good stuff. Great, great. So we can't keep blaming. You know, you can't keep blaming. So it's all about really being there and empathizing for sure. But you can blame. You could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks to be in that position. I'll tell you what. I've, I know, I know I've, I've been guilty of it, but I've been receiving it. But you know, but it doesn't get you anywhere, right? So Absolutely the not. Name of the game, right? Yeah. So right. So did you read anything? We had skill number two, right? Yeah, skill number two. Give your partner what they really need. Right. That's that can be sometimes a really difficult and complex thing to really understand what a person needs as long yeah, as you're why, focused why? well I, I think as long as you're focusing what you're not getting yeah you're never going to get to be a giver you know which is a place where a relationship can really grow so giving to give right and how do i give to give and 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 you feel love when you give love you know it's it, you're not going to really feel it so we talk about love being a bi-directional flow the freedom of love is giving and receiving that love so when you hold back love or you're withholding love you're really missing out on the experience that love uh that you could have in your life right so let's say that whatever's happening uh on the path and practice of this unconditional love so whatever arises in that relationship is just another opportunity for you to grow and to give more love right which for a lot of us, that's just hard because I get this question and you could probably understand this too. Is like, well, people feel like, well, I'm going to be taken advantage of, or I'm going to be taken for granted um, or something bad's going to happen if I give at that level. Um, Cause what would it, what would you withhold from someone you love? Right? Nothing really. Yeah. There should be nothing that we withhold, yeah. but what would you give to someone you love? Right. Yeah, hopefully everything, the world, right? Everything, the world, right? Yeah. And these are really important parts of just talking, communicating about what that is. But I think a lot of us, because we, we want to, we we kind of hold back to protect ourselves, right? And we got to understand where is that coming from? You know, is that coming from my partner? Is that real? Or is that Memorex? Is okay to kind of uh, some of us don't even know what Memorex is. <laughs> You're dating yourself, Joe. <laughs> is that real or Memorex? It's this background tape that keeps playing, that, that A-track. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because it's, right? it's that old, right? It's that old. Yeah, you got to look it up. Yeah, you got to in the A-tracks. Max Headroom. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, what, what? What? Who's that? <laughs> right. So you, know, you know what I love that you just said? What's that? You, you don't give when you're focused on what you're not getting. That's right. That, that's, 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 I love that statement. That's right. Yeah. 
Well, when we focus on what we're not getting or the other person's limitation or lack, let's say, we get so caught up in what the other person's giving or not giving, right? Yeah. That we, it, it just gets us in this vicious cycle, this dance, right? Because we're giving not to give anymore. We're giving to get something. Right now in a, in a relationship that's going to be evolving and growing and learning and expanding, right? If you're in that type of partnership, you know, then you can really do that. And that's one of the things that we talk a lot about in our Rewire Your Relationship DNA and the upcoming book that we got coming out in 2020. Um, and the, because it's going to bring out so much and really help people learn some of the new cutting edge technology, the neuroscience of relationship all these different things and how to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Right. That's encouraging. That's going to come out. So 2020, two more years, you guys. We can get there. We're two on it. And all, these, and all this is context kind of building up. This is stuff. This is uh, cutting-edge research that we're bringing to people, to Great. couples. Um, and uh, they get to have a, a real live experience. We bring them into the room where they get to have an experiential, live and Harry's been with all the couples that have been to these over the last 10 years have really had uh, something that's touched, moved, inspired them experientially. It's empowering. It's, it's engaging. It's, it's accessible to you in a way that, you know, can really transform your relationship. So yeah, if, if you guys are able to attend one of these, it, it's really amazing to be able to sit there. You got to bring your partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great learning experience. Um, okay. Skill set three. Right. Create and build trust and respect. Mm. So trust is at the core of every relationship. That has got to be the number one thing that we build in, in trust. Because the thing about trust is that it's such a fragile part of humanity, right? It's, it, it's, it takes forever to build and you can lose it in a fraction of a second, right? Yep. So one of the things that we want to talk about in this part of the skill is how to restore trust that there is a path and a practice and a way of resolving, restoring and repairing and partnering with to repair trust because that is the only way. So trust begins with a commitment to meeting your partner's needs, you know, and the question I asked before, can your partner count on you to be emotionally available no matter what? even in times of uncertainty or stress, right? Or uh, when things are going really bad, you know, can they count on you? Because trust is based on a commitment and, and both must be present to experience, really experience true depth in love. And it's when trust, and it's, it's one of the legs of a table, right? So if that trust leg isn't there, the relationship fails. So love and action is really the courage to trust and to give, let's give respect and uh, to be able to search out maybe some of the admirable qualities in your partner. Um, when I talk about that, we talk about admirable qualities of your partner. Uh, I had this one um, couple that was, I was working with, he was a pro golfer and she was an artist and she had her own art gallery. And so she came to me, they, they were coming into the sessions and she was just like done. She had it because she had been traveling with her husband on all her golf tours. She saw him grow from nothing and he became a, a PGA pro and, um, and they're on the brink of divorce. And we were talking about all this stuff because he, he, for her, she kept saying he was just a complete narcissist, right? You hear that all the time, right? 
and you hear these we've heard that we hear that you know oh he's not you know he has he has no care for me and whatever that was but what happened was he didn't understand her love map and he didn't understand what it was because uh, she was admiring him she was showing up she was contributing to his life she gave him lots of love connection sense of significance and meaning and certainty in the relationship and but she was done. She was like, I, I'm just had it. You know, he never comes out to any of my, you know, to any of my art gallery shows or anything. So then one day we were talking about this principle in our intensive and, and um, I'm just going to call him Mike. Cause I, um, but she didn't come to the intensive. Only Mike came and he was leaving. And as he was walking out the door, I said, Hey Mike, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to my wife's art exhibit. And I said, Mike, I thought you hated art. And he says, I hate art. He says, so why are you going? He goes, because I, I'm going because I love it. Because he found, he found the ad, what to admire, right? He found what was admirable. He goes, he I love it. it. He mapped it in there. And what happened was he goes, I love it when she comes alive. And her eyes and her, her body and her, her passion, everything she does when she's in the art gallery and doing what she loves, it's so it's so sexy, <laughs> you know, it's so sexy, yeah. you know, and he just, and he fell in love and he found that piece, that part of her that was completely admirable and worthy, you know, and in, in the, these qualities with his, his partner. Yeah. So I guess the question that we have is, are you trustworthy with your partner about being wholeheartedly devoted and committed to the relationship? Um, you know, and are you committed to that and committed and by keeping your agreements and promises of the demands of the relationship, right? right. You know, cause she, he would, she, you know, she was showing up for him, but he wasn't showing up for her. So without creating that wholehearted devotion and let's say commitment to the relationship, it's going to begin to erode and gradually become a performance trap while uh, creating mistrust within yourself. And, and it's also severely diminishing um, the power of trust and respect from your partner. So you can see that how that can kind of erode. So what I tell couples and I tell individuals is that your ambivalence is what will send a disempowering messages of lack of trust and security in the end. And will also um, uh, be one of those things that uh, you will also believe your own story that you have manifested from that, right? So it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, a story that you keep telling yourself over and over again because trust is foundational. So you really have to even find yourself constantly mistrusting, testing, questioning the other person's devotion and commitment and more likely because, your lack of because of your lack of devotion and commitment. So that's where helping couples really develop a let's say, and build an environment of, you know, a secure base that they can both rely on. That's trust, respect, because as you develop that heart and trust, that trust muscle, right? Your Dang, boy. Can and will build resiliency to endure the test of time, right? So we've got to build that muscle, right? Yeah. And Harry and I, by the way, Harry and I uh, are committing this next 2018 as we're going in this work, we're, we're going to be in the gym quite a bit <laughs> i've got my i'm getting down to 10 percent body fat so trying to build that in there so that's right that's right keep me accountable harry 
Yeah, hey, I'll be there too, man. I'll be there too. And that's All another right. thing that we need too, right? We need accountability. We need a tribe. We need friends and family that are not, they're going to collude with our story, right? Of what we think is the true, you know, but they're there to confront us a little bit as well. So as Harry and I, we, we're like iron sharpening iron. We go at that. So it's a lot that's of fun. Right. That's right. That's right. All right. All right, man. So, all right, let's keep, let's keep going on this. So skill four, reclaim playfulness, presence, and passion. Ah, yeah. Well, mm. playfulness. I always say, you know, your relationship should be privilege, a privilege in play. It shouldn't be so much hard work and labor all the time. Because when we, when we think, because we bring that context, when we think of the context, when we think of a word like labor or work or anything like that in a relationship, what does that bring into your relationship? Heaviness, right? Yeah. Weight, you know, just, oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and so, and there are going to be times for that. I mean, that's part of the storming part. I mean, as you're going through and growing through a relationship, you're going to have the storm, which takes work, you know, and you should be trying to, you know, work through some of those things. But if there's not a lot of play and privilege and fun, and, and I always tell couples, you got to quarantine, you know, your relationship sometimes by keeping the good stuff in and the bad crap out, yeah. right? Yeah. So on your dates and when you're going out, you know, because polarity does not age. You can spark passion in your lover, even if there's, it's been dormant for, let's say, years, you know, and you can really do it in just minutes. And that's something we teach couples to do is just to find that passion and restore that passion within minutes. And what does your partner need to do that? Okay, who are you at your core? So one of the things I always ask couples, and I really sit down with the guys, especially men, I go, okay, who are you? What do you stand for? What do you fight for? What are you championing here? And what's your highest purpose? Because you have the power and the freedom to choose something different than what you're choosing, right? So you can bring in, you know, so how can you express your deepest gifts to your partner, right? Your passions. So bring it. Just like my friend, the golfer, Mike, you know, he brought his, he found the passion. He found that connection to her. Good for him. Yeah, and they restored it. It was what she needed, right? Yeah. So. Uh, that's great. Does that make sense? That's a great story. And he learned that all at your seminar. That's right. And and it, uh, leave. Yeah, and it only took 12 sessions. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, we all learned eventually. <laughs> um, all right, skill five, harness courage and embrace honesty. Ah, uh, yeah. The courage to love, right? And, and the embracing honesty, you know, just the brutal truth of relationship. Because we have two boxes, Harry. We have our, har we have our harmony box and our truth box, right? And, it take, and a lot of us as guys, uh, or a lot of people, we just, we choose the harmony box over truth, right? Okay. So we have to have, for us to really connect, because intimacy can only happen when there's complete openness, and honesty, and transparency. Right. Get raw, real, dark, deep, getting into that dark stuff. So we are all rewarded and discouraged for certain behaviors in our relationships, right? So we all have needs and fears that keep us from doing and saying everything that we feel. Yeah. So, however, when we don't express ourselves in the moment, we start to hold back. And that leads to a loss of passion in our relationships. Right now, I'm not saying we're going at it with a hammer because yeah. you can still speak the truth in love, but
but you got to be able to, you have to have the courage to break through the beliefs that hold you back and rise above your fears in order to express yourself to your partner with passion, right? Courage and have the courage to, to be a safe haven for honesty and truth to thrive. And again, this is part of the context and skill because a lot of that we're so scared because our, our woman, she may be like five foot three, but she looks like she's how tall, 10 feet. Yeah, because we got our mother head on her, right? We're looking up at her like, oh my, you know, and we have this story about that. And not everyone is comfortable with being completely open and honest in the beginning of a relationship. And, but, and have the courage to love your partner when you feel confused or uncertain or afraid. Because remember, they're just as afraid as you are, Harry. They're just as afraid. Isn't that interesting? They don't, they don't they, everyone expresses it in different manners. You know, I have a friend of mine that had, I remember he was telling me he was dating this girl and all she did, she didn't really communicate and she just stored and stored and stored and stored stuff. And then eventually there was enough stuff to, yep, exactly, to disappear. And he didn't know. She, she didn't really communicate well. And so it was, it was crazy. It's called exploding doormat. They're exploding pleased. doormat? Yeah. <laughs> please, they're please, 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 please. You know, and where do a lot of people learn this, Harry? Where do we learn this? We learn this in our family of origin, right? right. I learned that in my family of origin too, because sure. I learned one, I learned several things. I learned to exchange my authentic true self and exchange that, trade that in for connection, relationship, because relationship, connections, food, it's oxygen. And I need to breathe it. So if I speak my truth, my honest, authentic self, and I communicate that something to you as a little kid, right? What happens? Well, you get punished. You get hurt. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get told, you know, stop feeling that way. Or you shouldn't feel that way. Or, you know, what are you thinking? What do you stop? You know, so whatever happened, they shut that down, right? And that's, and so that little boy or that little girl from their family of origin had to learn to survive by just, by choosing harmony over truth, right? And that worked. It, it was a- At the time it worked. It worked as a child because you had to survive, right? Yeah. It doesn't work in adult relationships. So when we come in to sit with Joe in our intensives, in our therapy, we're unpacking all that so we can begin to have the courage to lean in and be more vulnerable and to risk and put our heart out there. And that's scary, Harry, you know, because intimacy is so confronting. It's so challenging. But to take a deeper dive or dive deeper into relationship connection, belonging, that significance, you got to bring it out. You got to yeah. talk about it. You got to uncover all that stuff. That truth box. That truth box. <laughs> bring the truth box, right. That's right. Does that fit? Does that make sense? Oh, that fits. I mean, you know, you're, it's like you said, you're just challenging people to dig deeper. And, and that's really what it is. And it's for growth. So people shouldn't be scared of this because it's an opportunity to mature and make your relationship just even stronger. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Skill six, uncover and create alignment. Mm. That one's going to be a good one, you know, to be able to uncover and create alignment. It's a terrible thing to be in a relationship where both partners have incompatible lifestyle values, goals, and needs. And, and most people have, most conflict, Harry, is going to come from those differences or those distinctions in lifestyle differences, personality differences, value differences, goal differences, uh, gender differences, uh, cultural differences, 
whatever those differences are, and we all have them, right? You put two people in a room, they're going to be different, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, even you put two twins in a room, they're going to have differences. They could, right. you know. Um, so you don't need to have the same beliefs as your partner exactly, but they should be leading you both to the same direction, right? Right. So, and this doesn't mean you have to be in perfect alignment where all the stars line up, you know, and go, well, that doesn't match. So check out, you know, not all the lines, because sometimes what is the opposite of you is there to help you grow and, you know, make you more compatible. But, but you want to begin to take the time necessary to talk about what action steps you both can take to adjust and create this alignment right towards shared values, goals, and needs, you know, and as you mature and grow older, creating this with your partner, okay, that may seem very daunting and even impossible for some people, but it is possible. And sometimes you have to have a, you know, your dance instructor in the room to help you kind of navigate some of those, you know, get through some of those. Like you doing a little salsa, right? Yeah. You know, cause it's, you kind of like, if you've ever dealt, you know, anyone done the tango or salsa, I've done dance classes with people and you get to this, you, you get these certain steps, right, Harry? And in my book, we talk about relationship being like a dance and you can see you get around and you start looping around and you get to that X, you know, this one spot where you're supposed to lift the arm up and she twirls and you come back around and, but you keep missing that miss cueing and miss, miss, you know, misinterpreting, miss yeah. stepping on each other's toes and then you get frustrated and all that stuff. Okay. That happens, but to prevent that from destroying your relationship before it even starts, or if you're somewhere in the beginning honeymoon stage, or really at any stage of your relationship, and I talk about the sigmoid curve kind of being a good example of, you know, of birth, you know, the honeymoon, the growth, the maturity, the aging, decline, and hopefully the relationship doesn't die. But <laughs> at any of those stages in your curtain, yeah. that learning curve, yeah, is an opportunity to infuse new context, new language, new tools, new resources, right? And it's just like with anything, you know, so to prevent your relationship from failing, right, and destroying it before it even starts, okay, um, it's important to don't rely on and don't turn to or lean into your own family for advice on relationships or friends. Um, because what happens- it's Family of origin. <laughs> It's right. It's the same lesson when you were two. Exactly. It's the same thing because you're dealing with the same past stuff. You know, you're coming out of that because as they, 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 they have their own beliefs, stories, projections, biases, they can't really see beyond who you were in the past and how to move you past some of your own patterns of thought or habits of action that oftentimes, you know, arises from fear and anxiety or shame from, past failed relationship experiences of your own, their own, or whatever, right? So, so no matter how unbiased they may seem, right, or say they are, they will always have a distorted lens and may do and say things to protect you, right? Um, as they don't know you, and they may not challenge you and your part, you know, and your partner's relationship patterns, issues, or if you're, you know, or your dynamic rhythm, flow, and pacing as well as you do. Right. So that's why it's good to get outside help will help with people that are not going to pick sides. Right. That's why therapy can be helpful or coaching or or anything where you don't have someone there that can actually see you in another light. 
So this master skill of uncovering and creating alignment is really critical for both partners to uncover and create that together with people first as a priority and to hold you accountable. And no one likes accountability when it comes to relationships because we think we know it, right? But these disciplines are really important. And without this informed approach, let's say, um, to uncovering and aligning your, your, your lifestyle values and goals and relationship, all that may become unworkable um, as personality and power struggles begin to ensue, right? You get in that, that power struggle and that pattern of we talked about the complain, defend, complain, defend, complain, defend. That pattern keeps going. So to prevent that painful fallout, we have to go deep into these issues as we begin to process and understand um, your relationship and so that you can do your due diligence and due process. Uh, through the different stages of your relationship. We talked about the forming, storming, norming, performing these master skills, right? So you're going to discover that the storming stage will be less chaotic or bumpy when you do the heavy lifting and hard work in advance so that you can begin to grow through these most challenging uh, seasons, stages, and phases of your relationship, which everybody goes through, by the way. So just to normalize that, right? Yeah. Does that fit? Yeah, it's just like that whole mountain thing you said yesterday. The familiar <laughs> the thing. looping, right? There's that familiar. cactus. There's that, you know? <laughs> it's all right there again, right? Yeah. And that happens, you know? Yeah. But again, we're talking about they ha a couple must have that shared context and language tools and resources to move through that gridlock, right? So we yeah. talked about yesterday what's real, the real and the ideal. Seeing your partner's present perfection, Right. And when you see your partner in their present perfection, okay, that's another view that you can have to, because when you hold that present, your, 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 your mate and see them in their present perfect, not perfect, but there's what you're also talking about when your partner's complaining. Okay. If we can really embrace and see our partner's complaint as a, a, what do you call it? A future version of you, a future vision of you. Because our partners can see us in a way like nobody else if we can learn to embrace it. Because they want the best for you and they want the best for themselves. And, they, you know, and so when I, my partner is challenging me and they're calling me higher, right? Now I might hear that and go my shame and blame and you know, I might feel like it's blame. But I got to go, okay, who's, whose head is that? You know, is that my mom head or my dad head? Is that my you know, teacher head? Who's that, who's that head? you know, that's sitting there on, on top of them uh, that I'm projecting. Because it may be, your, it's just your lover who cares about you, right? Right. So, but right. to grow through that gap, you know, having this shared context, to be able to sit with that for a little bit can really transform your relationship, right? Does that make sense, Harry? You know, you know Joe, I sit here and just, I'm in awe. I mean, I, I get to learn. You guys have no idea how lucky i am that i get to sit here oh it's pretty amazing i get to save 300 dollars for 90 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and so if you like this stuff i'm telling you make sure you share it all right man let's go on to this next one the skill seven all right. go ahead joe were you gonna say something no this is our last one this is our skill right. seven this is on living consciously right 
Is that wow. the one? Is that it? It's like, it's like you wrote the book. <laughs> Be an example, right? Living. Be an example. Living and we're going to talk about conscious relationships later uh, in another segment and how to really create that because our society is so changed now. It's so different. You know, we've had so many different movements and, you know, I really think, you know, people are trying to move from confusion and this this part of confusion that we're in to more clarity. So I have a lot of hope and belief that we're prime, everything that we're trying to do right now is just bring more clarity to the confusion that we're all experiencing about life and love and relationships. So we're, we're trying to clear out all that debris to get to that. But to do that, we have to be awake and aware. The past is in the past. So let me just say this, Harry. One of the things that we do, okay, and I always ask couples this when they're talking. I can hear it, and I'm always asking, what time zone do you live in? And they go, what, what do you mean? What time? I'm in the Pacific time. No, I'm in Pacific Standard Time. I'm in California, of course. That's the time zone I live in. I said, no, no, you have your past, present, or future time zones, right? Because a lot of times people are talking about, the, like they, you can hear they're just talking about the past and never get into, the, you know, or they're talking about the future, this anticipatory fear something's happening in the relationship so and guess where intimacy lives it doesn't live in the past because you can't change the past no one's living there and you can't live in the future all you can live intimacy can only live here in the present in the power of now right we talk about now 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 so neither of those dialogues help so one of the things that's really helpful is we get to the point where the past is in the past you can't control the future. Don't judge your partner's past as you are not defined or limited by your own past or your former relationships. If you're in a growing, conscious, evolved person, we're learning, growing from that. So nobody is their past. And to hold your partner hostage to the past, to their past, is harmful to both them and to, for you both to kind of co-actualize and co-create a preferred desired future, this, uh, this future that you both want has, you gotta be able to move into the present, right? Both partners can discover, learn, and grow beyond each other's perceived limiting past if you become master students of, let's say, yourself and each other in this, what I call a living academy. This living academy is such an important thing. It's living, this is the living academy. This is a living crucible, the living, in other words, a living laboratory that is going to be kitchen and living room and boardroom and bedroom tested, you know, and you can find that, you know, by going there. So you are your own curriculum of living and loving uh, as, your, uh, as a partner. So, and I always talk about these contexts is that each partner will have and what we break it down to because no, but there's no hammer nail thing happen here. Everybody's individual. Everyone's, you know, so there's no, nothing here to say that we got this cookie cutter approach. It's everybody has their own particular curriculum, their own thing that they have to be working on. And we talked about that in the previous episode, but giving each other time to merge and evolve into a more conscious relationship. That means they're more aware, more awake, more alive. Um, so don't be your history. Don't just imitate your partner's examples. Create your own example, right? And, um, and accept each other's influence and insights and wisdom from your past experiences 
to help you grow into a greater future version or future vision of yourself, right? And the best way to change your family forever is to change yourself, right? The power of one. It only takes one person to change the rhythm of the dance and to be an example and to change. That's going to ripple through generations. So do it yourself so you can, those, you know, who will learn from your example, your children, you know, because this is not just you and your partner. This is you and, you know, you're, you're being a model for those around you as well, right? An example a light on a hill salt of the earth so yeah so there you go you know this is what i love about this stuff joe it's it's you know when we talk about family of origin and if we're actually practicing what you're speaking about that can now become my new family of origin that's right so now if i practice this and i'm handing down these new traits that's right this is what my, my two girls get to learn and, and benefit from. I mean, I, I can't imagine how lucky your kids are that they get fatherly advice like this from you. I mean, they, they are so blessed. Um, so if you guys see this and you like it, I mean, if you look below, did I say something too funny? No. But if you guys like this stuff, you like the content. I mean, what I'm saying is, and it really is, what, what I'm saying is, if this really hits you, you guys should just really just follow us, really follow, follow what we're, where we're going with all this stuff. I think Joe really contributes a lot of stuff, a lot of knowledge. Like we said before, he has, he has been with so many people and helped so many relationships. And if you like the content, we, we have a donation um, link below. Um, $1, $2, $3, whatever you like to give, whatever is valuable to you. Um, feel free to give, feel free to donate. We want to keep putting out great content out there. Um, also, you know, Joe's book, um, which is, uh, below as well, as well as if you want to reach out to us and set up a session. All right, buddy. Well, All right. We'll see you next time tomorrow. Sounds good. We're rocking it out. Sounds good.